Hello everyone and welcome to the Never End Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, hey, especially my lovely wife Charity. I met her eight years ago today. That's nice. Oh, and uh, it's also Mr. Coffee. My name is Luke. I'm your host of the Never Open Podcast and with me as always <gasps> is Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy. Hello, Mr. Guy. That was quite an intro. Hello, Luke. Hello to the listeners. And uh, hello to the folks that are watching us on YouTube. You know, you can watch us on YouTube. Say the words. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what we're going to do today. We're going to say the words about Lone Star Shootout, our favorite show of the year. Pew, pew, mo- pew, pew, pew. More important than anything, pew, we're going to get pew. into the bracketology of the World Tag League teams that have been announced, and we are going to dissect every little nitty-gritty detail about the biggest tournament of the year in New Japan, World Tag League. Best of Super Juniors? Eh, we'll wing it. The G1 Climax? Yeah, well, if we want winged it for the best of Super Juniors, the G1? Fine. Junior Tag League? Same. The World Tag League! We got Very it broken important. down! Mm-hmm. Very important. <laughs> We do. And yes, there is professionalism that I need to do, but there are ways people can contact and interact with us if they wish to. We're on the, well, the sinking ship that is the Tweety. I'm at Grumpy2EB. Mr. Guy is at Truth of the Tweets. Collectively, we are at NeverOpenPod. And if you want to send us a written or voice email, you can do that. NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. And if you got any of that, Sasha Banks money, I'm getting prouder and prouder of those. Uh, kick it our way. We have a Teespring store. Hey, but that's not all. Yes, you can look never as far, but that's not all, Mr. Guy. Hey, we're on the YouTubes. Hell yeah. All right. As of the Power Struggle episode, our previous episode, we've got video to go with the audio. So if you want to see our handsome faces while we uh, make fun of wrestling and talk about it and stuff, <laughs> you can do that. Or if you just want us in your ear holes, you can do that too. We're on the YouTube, so you can just look it up. We're at Never Open Podcast. Nice and easy. And then you can see one of the masterpieces that Mr. Andy made called The Fantasy Dream Book. You might have heard us mention that all the time on the show. We don't fantasy book. We fantasy dream book. And uh, that fucking gnarly video is up there. Hey, and it's one of those fucking songs that is a brainworm and will get into your head. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it. I wrote the, the every part of it. So uh, I wrote the, the notes too. So you, I might have had some input with the <laughs> jumpy line at the end, but you put everything together. You shot it. You mm-hmm. did it. It's well, all I, you. I just wanted people to know that I wrote the music. I wrote mm-hmm. it. Okay. So, uh, by the way, one of our listeners, um, I, I'm not sure what she goes by, but I think her name's Kate, you know, and she's on Twitter and has been following us a long time. Um, I think she's Angel on Twitter. And uh, she yeah. recently was recognized on some big wrestling podcast thing that I don't listen to. Kenny Omega was on there and talked about how she has – she writes – music right she's in school for writing music mm-hmm. and she like wrote like redid his theme song and like reorchestrated it in all these different ways and shit and like wrote other music to go along with it and yeah you know, she got recognized by the man himself that's pretty fucking cool shout out fucking gnarly that is amazing well done congrats fuck that's really cool it's 
cooler than anything we're going to do on today's show. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, except for the bracketology thing. Oh, of that, course. That's going to be the coolest thing we've ever done on the show. You can't Definitely. If there is news, I think it's all like Wrestle Kingdom and World Tag League stuff, as well as like that Road 2 show. So we can talk about that after we've talked about <sighs> Lone Star. Great. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, we loved it. Yeah. I didn't like this show, Luke. Um, we, I know. Our problems with Strong as a brand, you know, kind of start. They started a long time ago during the pandemic era when they, they taped a bunch of shows and they tape them in this, you know, backstage like looking area where it was just like dark a black city. hole. Yeah, black hole with a fucking ring in it. And we called it the Dark City set. And um, they brought it back for the show. And uh, I have got to say, I mean, we'll get into it. Um, when I first started watching this show, I was, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I'll, I'll tell you why here in a minute. But before we get to that, Luke, we must tell people about this building. So this place, this uh, show took place in a building called the Curtis Caldwell Center. I tried to look up who Curtis Caldwell is, and it's like a business. It's not, oh. it's not a person. It's like a business. So I, dude, I like I would rather a stadium or arena or a venue be called generic gymnasium hall event place <laughs> number two than be named after a fucking brand name. Oh, I don't like it. Oh, look, it's the fucking McDonald's arena. Fuck off. Yeah, you know, I get it. They they can collect some money by re-advertising over everything, um, dude. Yeah, it's it's just the way it is. You know, luckily, me and you can't really read Japanese, otherwise we'd be bitching about it all the time on New oh, Japan, but, but we can't read it, so it's great. <laughs> and then they come out with uh, commercials on... Remember that Strong commercial that had, like, Clark Connors, uh, Young Lion that's gone to WWE, and Alex... Co out the android and they're doing like that cleaning thing that cleans yeah. things man that was that, that was, was fun yeah there was a bunch of commercials they did but uh but the curtis caldwell center we we learned that uh by internet research that there were some people that went there <sighs> and i'm not sure if they liked it or not we'll find out luke uh you have a google review of the call curtis caldwell center is that correct I do. I do indeed. This is one of my favorite gimmicks, by the way. Just bad reviews of venues that uh, wrestling shows are held in. Oh, my goodness. All right. This place is not made for graduation. You cannot see the graduates from most places. This is good for dinners. This isn't good for dinners or even a dance. Uh, one uh, star. Yeah. It, what it says is that this is good for dinners or even a dance. So what they're trying to say is that this place is terrible for graduation, but it might be good for dinners or a dance, one star. So I thought that was maybe a typo. So I was like, no, all right, no, this place you, is not made for graduation. You cannot see the graduates from most places. This place is good for dinners or even a dance, yeah, one star. But bad. It, it, it's bad for what they went to, but they could see the potential of it being good mm. for other things, but still – one star. Okay. Yeah, I mean, still not giving you an extra star for that, but maybe, you know, maybe one day if I go there for a dinner, maybe you get two stars. We don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I like the implications of some of these. It's fun. So uh, I also have one. It's a little longer. It goes a little something like this. The Blues Super Bowl concert was a mess. It was a large, expensive karaoke. 
The screens didn't show the artists performing, only advertising, and the lights was on the whole time. A mess! Cheese and chips after standing in line an hour. It was a damn basketball game. A mess! One star. Man, that place is a fucking mess. It's it is well, it's not just a mess. It's a mess. So it according may, to this, it makes person, you call into question the uh, Curtis Caldwell management. You know, I think it's the way a they messy. I think it's a little yeah. messy, but uh, got a very messy style. Yeah. Yeah. So Luke, we are at this place, and like I said, it is. I I just want to tell you real quick about my experience watching this because I didn't know the show was going to be on. I thought it was the next night, and then you're like, "Hey, the show's going on." Oh fuck, I gotta watch it. I got to send you the good news. Yeah. So so I turn it on, and I am like, I I am flabbergasted by what I'm seeing. First of all, the Dark City sets back, and I'm like, "Why are we doing this?" And that's not good. And then they keep showing. The seats, and there is no one there. No one. Now, this was supposed to be the bell time, right? What I didn't know is there was a pre-show and that no one had showed up yet. And so that was – it got a little yeah. better. But still, Luke, usually, um, you know, we we kind of have a running tally of who wins the match. Uh, who won the match this time, Luke? What match am I talking about? It is the ongoing feud between – the people who set up these American shows and the equipment that they have to work with. Well, guess who? Guess what? Guess who is unfucking defeatable? It is the equipment. Why? I can't fucking hear the fucking goddamn wrestling. I'm sorry, that's a lot of fuckings, but I can't hear it. Let me hear. Everyone's going shh, 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 because they're going to do the slap spot. You know, the, the one that Pentagon fucking does, and then they do the chop. I'm like, what? Was that it? I'm like, I can't hear it. I can hear the entrance music, sort of. I can't hear them talking that much. And I don't mean talking as in, hey, uh, all right, we're going to do the lariat spot, brother. Not that. <laughs> like, just generals. Just like, if they say anything like, hey, fuck you, to the guy, to the guy they're wrestling, because that's what they do in New Japan, right? I can't hear that much. I can't hear the chops that well. The sound is bad. It is dark as fuck. Why are they wrestling at midnight? I bet you the toilet is bad too. Not only that, like, come on, man. You're New Japan Pro Wrestling and you're working in a small ring. It makes your show look Yeah, it was the small ring too. And man, at first you don't notice, but then <laughs> later on, it's like all these, we'll talk about it. It's It gets real bad with the small ring and... So this this show starts off with a giant handicap, and it's all this stuff we're talking about, right? Mm. Also, there's no English commentary, which I don't care about. I guess it was on fight or something like that. Yeah, I'm not. We're not paying Food. for this shit. Sorry, you know, you you guys want to send this money to to buy this? I'll probably use it on something else because it's not worth it. So you know, it's like all that's going against it. And, you know, we have Japanese commentary and what we've learned when they do the like overdub of Japanese commentary. It's so fucking loud. Like, it's just loud. Turn, turn it down a little bit and then everything else will kind of equalize because it's like, you know, this is way up here. The, the Japanese commentary and, and the ring sound and everything, the crowd, everything we're hearing from the actual venue is way down low. And it's just it's just it's hard to watch that way when the crowd fills up a little bit. It does get a little better but it never really gets good. 
you know, as far as the production. These shows want you to give them your, mon your money. We would recommend you don't do that because they don't look professional. They can't get the fucking sound right. You know, and we've had even worse complaints about other shows that we actually did pay money for. So, yeah, New Japan, smart. Just put the Japanese commentary on World. Mr. Guy and I will just watch that version. But yeah. that still doesn't change the fucking sound and the quality or anything like that. And it's nothing against Vader Scott or Walker Stewart. Uh, we've, we like Vader Scott. We've heard Walker Stewart's commentary. He's fine. I'm paying for it. No. <laughs> no I'm sorry. sorry. I, the other big problem I have with the show as far as the production is the camera work. Now listen, the the like camera work from the sides, the roaming cams, they did fine. It's not terrible. It's not my favorite, but it's not terrible. The big problem I have was is with hard cam. Hard cam is too close to the ring. All right? So what happens is is have you ever used a tripod with a big heavy camera on it? All right. And you got to move it so that you can like shoot it down further. Right. So you got to push it forward. So you have to unscrew this thingy. And all of a sudden the weight of the camera is in your hands and, and the tripod's not holding it anymore. So every time something like they had to move the camera to a lower position to see something, he would unscrew it. And all of a sudden the camera would jolt, you know, because then he had to catch it and then it would be shaky cam. And it was awful. It was so bad. I don't want to beat many people up because I'm not a violent person, but the inventor of shaky shaky cam, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. No one likes it. No one. No one likes it. Yeah, it's I you know, it's funny when back in like the 90s when shaky cam was everything, I don't think I even noticed it. You know, and because but now when you see it on especially on New Japan, the fucking all right, I have a beef when they have to move the uh, you know, the hard cam at all. You know, I, I think it should be stationary. That's why it's called the fucking hard cam. When that's moving, it means it's too close to the ring. And that's a possibility. It can happen. But goddamn, change the hard cam side. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the thing. Like, New Japan is one of the most recognizable wrestling promotions in the world. I think we, we could both agree on that. And yet... and. Hey, I'm happy for the fans that went to this show and enjoyed themselves. I'm happy for the wrestlers. They got a payday. They got to travel to America and put on a show. Awesome. But the production side of it is absolutely fucking garbage. And it's an ongoing story of this fucking being absolute shit. Uh, I'm, oh, I don't no. swear. I know I swear a lot, but God <laughs> damn it. Fix your sound. Now, Fix Luke, the production. I don't want to piss you off further, but, you know, something we didn't mention yet, we probably should have already talked about, is that New Japan World is now new, right? So yeah. there's a, a new New Japan World interface. Um, I learned that there's an Apple TV, because uh, uh, I had problems with it, um, Chromecast. That's usually how I, I uh, watch the show, is I cast it from my from my phone or from my uh, uh, laptop. And so like halfway through the show, I was getting freezing and all kinds of stuff. Halfway through the show, I learned that there was an Apple TV app and I use that and it's fucking great. It's tremendous. It looks great. It's easy to find where you were at. It's, it's, it's really nice. A lot of people have had problems with New Japan World so far. Luke, what has your experience been with New Japan all World? Right. All right, so it goes live. 
I get back home and I'm like, all right, let's test this search function out. Hope it's better than the last one. What do I want to watch? All right, my mind goes to one of the many comfort matches that I might revisit because it was gnarly or it tickles me in some way. And for me, it was Royski Taguchi versus Clark Connors as the Wild Rhino as he was then. And they have an ass battle, best of Super Juniors match. And that's one of my happy places. It's not there. Oh, what about this? It's not there. What about this? It's not there. So I, I feel like there's a reason for this. And it's it's a, it's got in something to do with one of the features that I really appreciate that uh, when you, if, if anyone goes back to watch a show that's just aired on New Japan World, so just listeners, easiest way to do it, Lone Star, uh, click on it. And then click the episode tab. And that episode tab will allow you just to go skip straight to the wrestling match that you want to watch or rewatch. Boom, bing, bish, bash, bosh, it's done. I really like that feature. So maybe a part of it is, all right, we're going to put our old shit back, of course, but we want to break this down into the episode format that we've got for what we're going to do with the new shows. So th there's a lot of shit missing in that. It took me a while to figure out that, all right, oh, that's where the schedule is. It's before you press watch now. There's the schedule right there. On the front page. <laughs> yeah, so I found it. It's fine. Uh, I haven't had any problems with, like, you know, I, I was complaining about not being able to watch some shows live. Mm -hmm. Zero problems. I had zero problems the last few shows before the change, but I've only, granted, I've only watched Lone Star, but I had zero troubles. I watched it just fine. It was perfect. Well, you know. I'm, pre I'm pretty fired up about the Apple TV app because that, that makes... Sometimes when I wake up, it's I'm like waking up, I'm running the bathroom, and then I'm running out here to get ready to fucking watch the show. And I'm like, oh, I got to do a tweet, and I got to do this and that. You know, I got to do 50 things. And one last thing is worried about casting to my TV and making sure that that's all working. Now I can just turn the fucking TV on with the Apple TV app. Um, you know, and, and I know there's a lot of people complaining that there isn't certain matches on there, but... They told us about that and had told yeah. us about that for weeks and weeks before it debuted. So, you know, it, you can't really be mad about that. It'll eventually, you know, they'll get everything back up there. And and even the old New Japan world, they were still constantly adding old stuff, you know. And so it's it's just something that, you know, is going to be a, a learning curve a little bit on how to use it. But I like it so far. And um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess we got to talk about the show now. <laughs> We've stalled long enough. All right, so uh, it is Lone Star at the insert crappy brand name here, Arena uh, Venue. And do you want to start us off? I'll, sure. I'll take so the opening match is a pre-show match. We didn't know that. So I was like, oh, my God, this is the show? There's literally 30 people there, literally, like maybe not even that many. And I was like, oh, my God. So anyway, the opening match is Bear Brown, who we're familiar with, versus other guy whose name is Matt Vandergriff, I learned later. Uh, Barrett Brown looks like Babyface Juice Robinson. And uh, <laughs> the uh, Matt Vandergriff guy wins with a 450 splash. And he's the guy that got swashed, squashed by the giant dude on the last show. So he won. He got his heat back on this one. Oh, so. that's 
that's a storyline we were invested in, you know? So. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking of storylines we were invested in, our second match is Fred Rosser versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, apparently, this is the fourth match in the series. Oh, okay. Uh, if this was a storyline that anyone cared about, why is it on the fucking pre-show? Also, if it ends with them like going, "Hey, two all, two all, respect, handshake," I'm like, oh, "All right, I can, I can see like them doing a, you know, strong style versus." Uh, the other guys thing and being like, Hey, we should join forces or something. And maybe they'll head over to tag league or something. No, they're not doing that. Uh, this match is a match we've seen a billion times and it goes on for too long. Uh, Fred rolls up filthy. There's a respect handshake. And I'm like, okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, yeah. It was a match that I watched. Uh, yeah. It's one of the going to Japan. Get, get your butt to Japan, Fred Russell. We want to see you in Japan. Come on, man. I have no interest. I'm sorry. I don't like either of these guys as wrestlers. They're fine, but like, is it either one of those guys being on a card is not going to excite me in any way, shape, or form? I'm going to be like, well, kind of wish it was somebody else. And and I hate to tell you guys this, but I want to be a little brutally honest about some of the stuff on this show. And maybe you know, we're not here to be shills for New Japan. Like, I, I, so we love I, it, warts and all. You know. I, I don't like the show at all. Like, there's stuff on it that's very good, and we'll talk about that. Yep. But, man, most of it I just don't like at all. So I hated this match. The fact that it's the most strong match. It's the, What did you call it, Luke? What is it? I can't remember. You, go you said it was the strongest match, you know, yeah. capital S-T-R-O-N-G, you know, yeah. and, that, and that's what it is. And this reminds me of, of when we had to cover strong for a little bit, and then we just gave up, and I was like, I miss Ian. Ian would have told us all about this, and we wouldn't have had to watch this. So I thought this was part of the show, and I guess it wasn't, but the pre-show main event was, you know, this match, and and we move on. And so we get a little break here, and when we get back from the break, there's a lot more people there, and it's enough that it isn't fucking embarrassing anymore. So I was like, okay, I don't feel as embarrassed for New Japan, you know. The next match is Rocky Romero, Hechicero, Ultima Guerrero versus Atlantis, the old one, Mascara Dorada, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tiger Mask. And uh, there's some really good Lucha stuff here, obviously. But I can't help but notice the, the unsteady hard cam. It's so bad. We get some Rudo shit from Rocky's team. Uh, Hitchisero is fucking great, and he hits all kinds of crazy-looking moves like a – a uh, hanging giant airplane spin backbreaker thing. That's oh really my cool. god! Uh, Japanese gnarly. commentary marked out for him. Uh, shooting star press from Mascara Dorada on Hechicero for the win, and uh, those two try to make a match with each other. They like go into business after for themselves after the match and go, "You and me, you and me, uh, one more time, one more time." New Japan, what do you think? You know, and it's like we'll put you on the pre-show of the next American show. How's that? Hey, for, <laughs> for our listeners out there, I was making a face. You know what face I was making. So Yeah, it's that face. <laughs> I like that uh, Hitchihiro is obviously, like, oh, of course, we like Rocky and we like Tiger Mask. But for me, the, the, I, I remember seeing him, when was it, Fantastic Mania last year? I was like, fuck, this guy's really good. And then I just got a reminder of it that, holy shit, he's really good. 
Man, he's like a never style luchador kind of. Hey, dude. maybe he'll be in World Tag League. That'd be awesome. No. Right? But this could be like a preview for that, right? We could be building to that here. Uh, we definitely got uh, some CMLL guys turning up, but uh, <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I guess I'm stalling a little bit because uh, I got to talk about Joey Janela versus Toru Yano. That's upset. And I, I love Yano, but uh, look, this match is fucking the start of it's fucking dumb. Right, Joey Janela and Yano they start their match. Joey. Puts Yano down on the mat and starts feeling him up. So obviously the ref didn't do his job. Good work, ref. You fit right in at New Japan, looking like a chumpy idiot. But then Joey, Joey's like, "Hey, this is tape. Hey, this is tape. Oh my!" And his thought process must have been that he's got tape on him. Holy shit, that escalated quickly. Uh, let's make this a no DQ match. Oh, of course you have to, because Joey Janela. <sighs> doesn't wrestle this is to say like uh, moxley will do this but moxley will do it you know like i don't know your mileage may vary but I, at least i like john moxley and he's gonna make his matches ridiculous and there's a fun factor to them that i like so there is that but yeah joey sees the tape and goes holy shit let's make it no dq uh, okay at least we get to see yano do the following throwing joey into a pile of chairs an apron DDT and powerbomb through chairs. That's pretty good. Joey Janela gets taped to a chair, but then low blows Yano. And then the ref, the ref, why? Untapes Joey Janela. What the fuck are you doing, ref? You don't do that in Yano matches. Like, I've, I don't see Kenta Sato, Chumpy, or. Red shoes in the rare chance that Yano is getting refed by, by red shoes because he's that far up the card. It, <laughs> it happens. You know, like, they would just be like, well, you're taped, man. Like, you let it happen. You get yourself out of that shit. That's fine. Give up. You know? Give up. <laughs> even, even Chumpy Jr. wouldn't have undone the tape. Oh, Chumpy that? Jr. was all over this show, too. He was one of the highlights, I have to say. So yeah. I like Chumpy Jr. So Joey does a Death Valley driver onto the chair. So like at least Yano's taken once, one bump. But that's about all he takes. He, all the other bumps are taken by Janela. Good. Uh, Yano's wrists are tied together. But that doesn't matter. Double axe handle shot to the life makers and a really bad roll up. And Yano, thankfully, fucking hell, wins. What was the point of that? You know, there's no point to that. And not only that, okay, we got a couple things to talk about here. One, um, the crowd did chant for the red chair. They were fucking bored too. And they're like, oh, let's chant for the chair. So red chair chance gets going. I mean, it's like, it's just, this is not good. And this match was originally booked as a street fight. It was supposed to be like, <laughs> but why, why, why did we need that intro thing? We didn't need that. That's why I sent you the message. You thought I was prescient, but no, I sent you a message. We're going to get a street fight here because it was booked as a fucking street fight. Why did we need that segment at the beginning? I do respect Yano for bringing the vinegar with him all the way from Japan. So he had the bottle of vinegar, which I thought was cool. Yes, he did. And he still has yet to use that as a mist, which is bullshit. Um, but next, Luke, um, we have another uh, strange thing about the show is that we have a few backstage interviews. 
and they're with the guys who can't talk. Why? So who is a guy who is known to be one of the best in-ring guys there is, but his the thing against him has always been that he's not good on the mic? It's TJP. So we give him an interview, and it's bad. It's real bad. So and, that happens. Yes. And I feel like you and I, we're pretty hot on, uh, on TJP right now. I feel like he's realized that, yeah, maybe we sh- I shouldn't be addicted to fans and stuff like that. And I feel like he's pulled that kind of back. And, and it's shown in his work and his demeanor in the ring and all this kind of stuff. I'm digging that. But play to your strengths, man. You're smooth and gnarly in the ring. Let the fiery Italian just do the yeah. work Because, well, like, that's all you need. TJP's yeah. got the United Empire rub. Which works, you know, so I mean that yeah. that rub works. So next, Luke, we have a match, and it is the Jet Setters and G.O.D. versus Alex Coughlin, um, Chase Owens, Clark Connors, and Gabe Kidd. And the ring looks absolutely itty-bitty right here, and guys are trying to do their, like, entrance and shit, and they're all just in each other's way. <laughs> it's so bad, so... Uh, but this match is exactly what you think it'll be. B.C., they cheat, they beat up Kushida... It can be really good at times. This match can be very good at times. I just don't care. And once a big comeback start and everybody gets to, you know, catch fire and run wild, it's pretty cool. When everybody's moving in and out and stuff is flying by, this match is great. Connors spears Kevin out of the air after he does the assisted springboard thingy with Kushida. Uh, The bad guys, uh, BC, they hit their finish, um, and uh, Connors pins uh, Kevin Knight for the win. That was a match. Look, Gorillas of Destiny, we get it. You left Bullet Club. Now fucking leave them. Yeah, go away from them. Leave them. Now leave them alone. <laughs> All right. And then Tamatunga's like, okay, how about a feud with LIJ? No. No. <laughs> All right, but not Machingo. Get out of here. I mean, actually, an LIJ feud versus G.O.D., we could get – they could, like – that could make them for us. You know what I mean? And and I also, I do have something I got to say before I forget it is that one – like I always am the devil's advocate. I'm always the one – like when, when somebody says something, I'm like, what's the opposite of that? That's what I think, you know? And I was thinking about the whole, like, Tama Tonga versus Shingo thing. Here's what New Japan's thinking there. This is my <laughs> this is my thought press or their process thought process on this. Look what that did for Jeff Cobb. Let's do it for Tama Tonga. Right? Yes. I think I that's kind of that. what they're thinking. So that's just, I just had to throw that out there. So, look, I see that, but uh, fuck. Yeah. I know. I don't, I don't want it either. So, just saying. So, <clears throat> <sighs> all right. Well, hey, at least I get this pretty fun tag match. It's uh, the Rest Coast Wrecking Crew. That's Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson versus El Fantasmo and Hikaleo. Hikaleo being my favorite of uh, Fatu's sons, I think, at the moment. Uh, now, <clears throat> there's a really nice spot at the start with uh, Royce Isaacs suplexing El Fantasmo onto Hikaleo. It was a stalling suplex, you know, the one he does outside. And I was like, hey, here's some strong guys I miss. Can't they be in World Tag League? Nope. You've got your own... Go- and I feel like Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson would fucking love it. Did you remember when Royce Isaacs was here for Filthy Time in he the G1? Great. He, he was great. Look at him in every match that he did. 
the tag previews or even just coming out in a, a tracksuit to support Filthy Tom. He looked like he loved it. <laughs> There's a guy that would just, man, he'd go out of his way to make sure he fucking nailed it, even if it's just World Tag League. Anyway, West Coast Wrecking Crew, they do the Bullet Club back rake spot El Fantasma used to do. I couldn't on believe El it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. That's against the law. So Royce Isaacs is holding uh, El Fantasma for it, and Jarrell, uh, a kiss that's not from a chef right there. Uh, amazing. He does the knee things. He does the acrobatic shit, all, all just to... I like it. This turns out to be a really fucking good time because Al Fantasmo is a creative dude and he's working with three other guys who are into having fun. So there's some creative spots and the match does end after the lame ref uh, tries a chump bump and uh, Jarrell hits Royce Isaacs with the title, allowing Al Fantasmo to score the victory. So, yeah, I liked it. It was fun. There was a really fun house show spot in this where like this is the kind of spot that you'd see on a house show where Hikaleo and it, it's not on purpose. It's a recovery spot. Hikaleo loads up for a big chop and it's just shitty. It doesn't make a sound at all. You know, and the crowd's like, oh, you know, and so ELP's like, no, 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 we got to do that again. So they do it again and he hits a good chop and the crowd pops. And that's good. That's good wrestling. I like that. So. Anyway, next, Luke, oh, after that, that interview, I'm so hyped for this one. It's TJP versus Mystico. Now, this is the original Sin Cara, and he's been known by many things. Mr. C's, Mr. This, Mr. That, and now he's Mystico again. Um, when he was involved, he's one of these guys that, um, like, if you're a wrestler or a luchador that's involved with AAA and you try to leave, they – gobble your name up like wwe that's why Penta pentagon has like 10 different names it's the same yeah. reason right so that's this guy finally has got his name back i guess but anyway um this is a brawl which is unexpected and this is something that happens with tjp matches all right is that we think oh this is going to be a, a crazy lucha match with like no psychology and just like all kinds of flippy stuff uh-uh that's not what tjp does he's not gonna let that happen he's gonna have a great match with some psychology and stuff so you know that's what we get which you know i i like it you know i'm not mad about it so tjp he plays the heel in this match he gets heat on mystico they fight to the outside then tjp he breaks mystico's arm and he puts all kinds of wacky holds on him and then finally they lucha and they lucha very well oh my god <laughs> mystico gets this awesome comeback and he does all the flippy flops he dives to the outside and maybe he hits his head on the guardrail <laughs> <laughs> funny. So he goes face first. I'm pretty sure he hit his head on the guardrail because the next thing we see him doing is reaching up into his mask to either adjust it or check for blood is what I was thinking. So uh, anyway, there's a little bit of freezing going on in this match for me with the uh, you know thingy. I, this is before I had changed over to the Apple uh, uh, app, but uh, I really like this match a lot. Rana spinning boner lock from Mystico. And TJP taps out immediately. This was this was one of the highlights of the show. I really liked it. I did complain that I was like, I expected high-paced lucha shit. What am I getting? And instead I got a well-wrestled yeah. match with psychology. And I'm like, Luke, what's your fucking problem? So, yeah. <laughs> it's a good match. Uh, I liked it. I don't think TJP can have a bad match. And I don't think Mystico can either. 
Uh, I do like that Mystico uses the Empire Tower to clean his boots after the match. I'm like, ooh. That should have been a submission, you know? Chumpy Chumpy would have been like, give up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next, I... I know that I know what the result's going to be when I see this match, but I don't. I don't care. I just. I just want to watch it. It is Eddie Kingston versus Mr. Bread Satoshi Kojima. Ah, oh, I. I thought this was really good time. A really good time, and it's another one of those matches where you can tell that Eddie Kingston is like, "Oh my God, I'm wrestling Satoshi Kojima. Let's crush it!" And they do. <laughs> Like Kojima gets the upper hand early, and he's like, hey, I fucked him up, didn't I? Pex. Pex. Pex to you. Pex to you. Pex to you. And Pex to you. Everyone gets to see the Pex. Uh, he makes his loafs twitch. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Eddie fires back, but uh, he eats uh, rapid fire bread. Eddie chops back <laughs> with the, uh, the kobol, I think he calls it, and an exploder. Kojima hits an apron DDT, then another DDT in the ring. Uh, Eddie, Eddie's, Eddie's getting in some suplexes now, so a Saito suplex and a Dragon suplex. Yay, I love suplexes. Stretch plum, but uh, Kojima, he breads out of that shit. He's not losing that. Ed, and then uh, speaking of losing, Eddie loses a lariat battle because, come on, it's fucking, you seen these fucking slabs of baguettes? Like, get out of here. There's a Koji cutter, and Kojima withstands three back fists from Eddie Kingston and just fucking boom with the lariat. Eddie gives uh, Kojima the the middle finger. So Kojima's like, what? A brain buster. And uh, then uh, Kojima kicks out of one Northern Lights bomb, back fist, another Northern Lights bomb for three. Mm. I thought it was a good time. Pretty good, you know. I, good match. You know, we knew who was going to win. There was no suspense, but it was fun anyway. So, uh, okay, so two things happen in between this and the next match. But, you know, why don't you tell us what happens first here, Luke? What? Uh... Right, so the first thing that happens is, you know, Eddie and Kojima, respect, nice. But then uh, Gabe Kidd must have seen that respect and been like, <laughs> what the fuck? Respect. He runs the fuck out. Hits Eddie with the belt because Kojima by this point has has fucked off. And then shit talks him on the mic and then gives him a pile driver. Leaves him laying. Gay Kid looks to be the next in line for the strong open weight title. And uh, whether Eddie wins or not, I don't mind. I love Gabriel Kid since he's come back from excursion and I'm in for this match. <laughs> as long as it's free on World or something, I don't have to fucking pay for it. Right, yeah. A couple things about this is that during the pandemic, you know, era, the Dark City era of Strong, Gabe Kid and Eddie Kingston was like a feud, you know, and so that's they're kind of picking up on that again and now they're like, Gabe Kid's all grown up now, so that's cool. Um <laughs> And also, man, Eddie Kingston puts on a fucking clinic after this match. He gets the beat down, and all of a sudden, you know, he's selling his ass off, but he leaves the crowd on a light note by letting Chumpy Jr. help him to the back, which is like, everyone's like, oh, <laughs> okay, he's fine. You know, that was really great. Um, then another wrestler, Luke, who we've always known is tremendous in the ring, but one of the beefs with him has always been he sucks on the mic. 
it's fucking Trent Beretta. He gets a backstage segment, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's a backstage interview, and it's really bad. And it's like, why are we doing this to these people? <laughs> so. I half expected like uh, uh, to see an interview pop up with Tongaloa at some point just to – I mean, it's know. like a fucking rib, you know? Because like this shit happens in Greece, right? <laughs> it's a rib on us. It's a rib on them. So – all right, next, Luke, we have a match. It is Kenta and Finley versus Wheeler, Huta, and John Moxley. And how did you know? Or how do we know? It's a brawl. <sighs> Bullet Club dominate, and uh, Wheeler, Huta gets a big spot where he hits uh, a huge rolling elbow on Finley that looks great. But we don't get much preview stuff uh, between Moxley and Finley. Just a little bit later there at the end. Uh, Yuta looks great in this match, but I didn't care who won because I didn't even write down. So. It was, it was, it was, Mr. I wrestle at every indie promotion in America and not New Japan fucking pro wrestling, Kenta. Who I care what Ken. indie belt you have. But to Japan, I want to see you in the New Japan ring. I want to see, man, I'll open hostilities again with Tanahashi or something. Like, come on, get in there. I think he doesn't. I think maybe he doesn't want to go back because, you know, he's like, if he wrestles Tanahashi again, someone, someone's going to die. It's most likely going to be him. <laughs> I'm done with Moxley, dude. Done. I, I, By the it's way, enough. it's just, I'm not, I'm not into it anymore. It's so boring. It's the same shit over and over again. I'm just done, man. I don't know. If you, if you want to watch a wrestling oddity, everybody, this is a match where Moxley sheds zero blood. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's like we're you gonna like give him props for that. Like he didn't bleed this time. Oh, way to way to switch it up. You know, it's like <laughs> I'm like God. I'm just tired of that guy. I, I like I know he's a good wrestler and everything, but like I I I'm not excited to see him in, in New Japan unless it's in the G1. Remember how awesome he was in the G1 oh, and how God, he was like. Remember how he was like, oh, I'm in this promotion, so maybe I should change a little bit how I am to like to their promotion and show them I can do the things that they do, which is what you're fucking supposed to do. Now he doesn't do that anymore. He's just like, no, I'm just, but you know, and I'm just, you know, fall down, bleed guys. So, you know, I, I don't care. I like blood in wrestling when it's used right. I, I, it's not that. It's just that I'm bored with him. You and know, Yoshihashi. Down the street from where I live. You know, Yoshihashi fucking face planted that time, and he was yeah. bleeding. So if that happened to Moxley, I think he'd be bleeding before he even hit the steps. Yes. He would. But, uh, yes. I don't know. Um, well, let's talk about something that's awesome, Luke. And oh first, God. before we talk about this match, tell me about this amazing promo package that we get talking about why make Mike Bailey deserves this title shot. This shit is amazing. <clears throat> Mike Bailey calls into question... Zack Sabre Jr.'s legitimacy as the television champion and accuses him of not even watching TV. <laughs> Speedball's like, hey, you know what I've done in the last month? I've wrestled in like four different countries. And guess what I also had time to do? I watch 80 hours of TV every week. And I was like, oh, my God, that is fucking hilarious. Uh, we were both like, I don't know about you, but. My eyes walled up a little bit. That was fucking hilarious. I should and be then, the TV uh, champion because I watched the most more TV. TV. It's great. I love it. <laughs> and I subscribe to all the streaming services too. Yeah. Oh my god. It was 
Uh, so yes, it is a television championship match. It is a Zack Saber Jr. versus Speedball Mike Bailey. And if there was ever a wrestler who knows how to do submission spots in that tiny ass indie ring, it's Zack Saber Jr. Why do you say that? You made such a great point about why. Why is this match different than earlier matches as far as the submission stuff? Because. <clears throat> In a lot of the previous matches, if there's submission spots, and I, th- I feel like even TJP and Mystico even as well, like there's even one spot that Hero and the other dude do where they do the move and they realize they're too close to the ropes, so he drags him in more, then they do the rest of the move. You know what, match? And I, this is not just a Zack Sabre Jr. thing. This is a both men thing. The speedball Mike Bailey... He has to do that, that kick where he comes from one corner, spins around, and comes to the other corner. Well, you got to do it in half the space. Guess what? He knows how to do that in half the freaking space. Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, we're too close to the ropes. I'm just going to grab Mike Bailey's arm and pull it over here and his leg over here. So now only his face is close to the ropes. So what the fuck are you going to do now? You know, that kind of stuff. The ring awareness of just that. And also that just like both men doing that little bit extra to be like, all right, we're, we're near the ropes. Uh, I'm going to pin him on this side rather than on this side. Right. Right? Yes. So and it's, it's just good ring psychology, a, yeah. Yeah. It's not just good ring psychology. It's good wing awareness. And, it's, uh, and it was obvious to me. I haven't seen them wrestle before but in a singles match, but it's obvious to me that these, these guys have, must have been in the ring before together because – you know, they've got to do all this shit in half the space. And at no point did that tiny ass ring spoil what was almost, it almost ran to the whole 15 minutes. This match is fucking incredible. Even though Shin goes on tonight, this is, this is the, this is the match to watch. This right here is the match to watch on this card. It is fucking incredible. There's, there's even some spots that make me go, uh, yeah, they've wrestled before, and they also know how to do those. Uh, it's like they, it's like they've wrestled before, and it's like, oh, all right. So I got caught with this move once before. So how about I put the knees up here? You sure you want me to put? You want you want to put your knees up when I do the double knees coming down? Let's try it. <laughs> and fucking do it. Ouch! What the fuck? And and here's how good Zack Saber Junior. is. You, you've got a time limit. In every single one of these matches, in that time limit, the other wrestler looks like a billion dollars. And if the other wrestler is also freaking awesome, it just, mm, I would say, like, I don't know, might be some of my favorite stuff Sacrifice Saber Jr.'s had with this belt since maybe the Cobb stuff and the Shooter Umino stuff, you know? That's how good this match is, even though, like we both know, Speedball is not winning this title. It's just, no. But does he get his shit in? Does he do the move on the corner? He comes down on the back with the knees. Yes. Uh, He eventually does hit the the standing knee salt. I don't know what that's called either. And he does, in half half the room, he does that fucking double ninja spin kick thing that he fucking does. That's amazing. So... So what does Zack Sabre Jr. do for a lot of the match? Uh, bump and catch into submissions. Uh, why? That's what's he. That's the perfect style to show off other people's styles. His style is, all right, I'm going to take a few bumps, then I'm going to catch you and put you in submissions. 
And then that heads to the last, the end of the match where he catches Mike Bailey and he has no chance but to tap out, even though the timer is like right there. Because gnarly submissions. I love this match. I loved it. It's great. It's it stole the show. It's the match of the night. If I was going to tell anyone to watch this, it would be this is the match to watch. Obviously, um, they do so many cool things. I love like they get in a leg hold and they roll to the outside in the leg hold. I love that. <laughs> you love Any, that. Spot. Anytime something like that happens, I get so happy. Um, you know, and and like you to to your point. So we often, you know, we don't, but we, you know, in luchador wrestling, you talk about the like high flying flippy guys and then the lucha bases, you know, like, like uh, Mil Muertes, he was a lucha base, you know, he would stand there and catch guys so that, you know, and bump around and stuff so that the high flying guy looks great, right? Well, Zack Sabre Jr. is like the British grappling version of that. You know, and yeah, it's, it's just it's interesting. I, I never really thought of him that way, but you're right. Um, also, the Bo, I, I don't know if Mike Bailey was ever PWG champion, but Zack Sabre Jr. was P- PWG champion for a while. And I know Mike Bailey wrestled there, so I'm assuming those matches are out there somewhere. Um, and they're probably awesome. But yeah, the the um flying knees into the knees, that shit was awesome. I couldn't believe they did that <laughs> spot. And what was so great is Zack Sabre Jr. selling after that. You know, his legs were fucked too. And it was fun too because early in the match, they did this big long sequence where it was snapmare, try to PK, drop it, you know, or drop down, then then all kinds of dodges, then snapmare, then I try PK. And all these, like, it was all based around the PK, them trying to hit these kicks on each other. And that went on for a very long time. And it was like, okay, this is what I, this is, New Japan pro wrestling here. You know what I mean? And we got to see some of that tonight, at least a little bit. So that was pretty cool. Um, This is match of the night. It's awesome. It'll definitely be in our end of the year top 10 matches of the best of of years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a shame we can't talk about it, you know, when we get into the World Tag League Bracketology. um, You know, it's not a tag match. So we don't have room for it. Nope. Anyway, Luke, uh, next we have the IWGP women's title match, and it is the it's Maya Iwatami, who is the uh, – speaking of another match, we knew the finish, too, as soon as it was announced. It's Maya Iwatami versus Stephanie Vaquer. Vaquer I'm going to call her yeah. Stephanie. So um, this is very good. It's like all this junior-style uh, wrestling at the start, you know, junior heavyweight type stuff. And Stephanie takes over and gets her, like, sexy heat spots in. You know, <laughs> She has all these, like, sexy spots. She does sexy head slams. Sexy move here, sexy move there. So that's fun, um, you know. Because I'm gonna like, allow that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and the difference between these two wrestlers is one is like a voluptuous woman, and one is like you know a, a, a very svelte Japanese woman. So they they really look different, and their styles reflect that, and it's great. So yeah. there there's a big comeback with dives and a big splash for two from uh, my Tommy. And they get some some leg and arm choke holds from Stephanie after the sort of catching. She sort of catches her uh, after a, ro- a top rope moonsault. I uh, kind of didn't quite get that spot perfect. But there is a bonkers German suplex from Stephanie. Spot of the match. And that will <laughs> definitely be in our top ten spots of the year uh, in women's title matches. Uh, you know, that section of our podcast we'll do at the end of the year. Big tombstone for Maya. She hits a moonsault halfway across the ring for the win. Tremendous, you know, respect after the match. I, nothing wrong with this, but, like, 
you know, it's fine. Yeah. It was a good match, but I'm still coming down from Speedball Mike Bailey versus yeah. This This match is awesome, and yeah, as soon as I saw that German, I hit rewind, saw the German again, hit rewind, and... I still can't rewind. You still can't rewind 10 oh, seconds of shit. No. Motherfuck. What's I didn't try it on the Apple TV app, so I, I will do that next time it's live. So, so yeah, I, I just... It wasn't just the kid doing the German. It was also just how far Maya Iwatani launched herself from that. It was really far. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Holy shit. And, uh, and yeah, you, you feel like, hey, yeah, Maya, are you going to be able to make that jump? And, well, yeah, easily. And and the way she hits, it's more one of those, I'm going to hit you, but I'm Stephanie Fakir, it's going to hurt. And it looked like it fucking hurt. So really good match. Some really good stuff. So now we got the main event, which is Shingo Takagi versus Trent Beretta. Our champion is here. And the only thing I can think of when I see this match is Tamatonga is going to come out at the end. Fuck. Because, <laughs> you know, Trent Beretta is not winning the Never Open title. No, um, why is the show full of that shit? That's another reason why this show would never. It's the reason they didn't want people to pay for it because no one would have bought it because there's nothing on here that's like, oh, maybe, you know, it's. Anyway. Oh, Brad Kojima is going to be good. Uh, Brad Kojima. Brad Eddie's going to be good. Who's going to win? Oh, Eddie, of course. The ultimate feud. Bread turns on Kojima. And he has to fight Bread. Oh, my. His heart would be torn, too. His little dogs would be ringside going, yep. Then he comes out with fucking pasta arms. <laughs> All right. So, yes, it is our main event. Our champion, the never open champion, is here. It is the dragon. And, uh, yeah. The uh, the table in this match, it does try to start a fight with the equipment, which almost causes a DQ, in my opinion. It's funny. Uh, I'm just like, Trent, Trent, you're fighting the equipment. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. Then one of the <laughs> workers jumps in to help untake the cord from the table. I'm like, you, it's a handicap match, but you're still going to lose. But no, they, they end up getting that table off. Uh, Trent does DVD Shingo through the table in the corner. And both, <laughs> both see, I like this spot. It's silly, but I like it. But I like it when rather than grab chairs and stuff, they just grab shards of table and start yeah. hitting each other with it. I really like that. Indie and they, wrestling. Yeah. Indie wrestling. And they do that. After what my notes embarrassingly says is a chump dump. Uh, I forgot the H there. So it is a, there is a chump bump because oh. there is the accuser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's there. Uh, I don't read my typos that often anymore, but uh, sometimes they're funny. So that was like a funny that. One. Cump dump. Yeah. You know, the, the, he, the ref takes a, takes a dive. I can't remember how. So they both use tables on each other. Uh, Trent's busted open. Hey, that's nice. Uh, Did you notice the, Japanese commentary was like John Moxley as soon as he started bleeding? As soon as Trent started bleeding, they just start talking about John Moxley. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's done a Moxley. Yeah, he has. <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, Trent does chain German suplexes. So I like you, Trent. Nice work. I like that. 
There's a Shingo Superplex. And I think my two top two favorite Superplex dudes that off the top of my head, Shingo Ishii. Mm. Love that shit. And Shingo's not going to settle for that shit. Super Death Valley Driver. Whew. Holy shit. There's a Made in Japan for two. Trent hits a gnarly looking pile driver. Takagi hooks the arms, but then up and down in like a bastard tiger driver, which is awesome. Shingo catches a Trent in the ropes and hits a Canadian GTR, right? And then just hits Lust of the Dragon. One, two, three. Shingo retains. And uh, as Trent's walking about all injured, ah, oh, I'm fucked. Ow, oh, ow. Oh. Shingo gets on the mic and says, next time, no DQ. <laughs> did he really say that? I didn't hear that part. Yeah, he did. Why? Yeah. It's like, uh, this match is great. I Like, Trent is tremendous wrestler. He's, I love watching him wrestler, wrestle. I mean, like, I was sad when he left New Japan because, man, I always loved watching him wrestle. He was great. You know, if you've never seen it, his, you know, the, the best friends – the other best friends, you know, their their feuds against uh, the Young Bucks and, and New Japan are tremendous. So anyway, but um, there there was like the guardrails that they had at the show were the like stiff, you know, aluminum guardrails that don't make a cool sound when you hit them. And Trent took he was the only one in the whole show that took a tremendous New Japan style bump like sideways right into him. And I was like, respect it barely made a noise. And I was like, still so cool. I love when Trent. Trent's very good at bumping. He loves to bump, and he's very good at it. So this match is fine. Tomatara yeah. comes out, and the match is made official for Wrestle Kingdom. It's Tomatonga versus Shingo for the Never Open title, and I, I, what? I mean, Shingo's got to win, right? I mean, what talks me off the ledge is you saying, "All right, they want to do a cob." but with Tamatonga to kind of elevate him. All right, fine. I'm all for it. If it, And I'm ho I hope it works. I feel like I've said this a billion fucking times on this podcast that I like Tamatonga, but I wish I loved him, if that makes sense. You know, like, but he's had, he's, he's had, he's been never chance three times now. And he's, it's stuck in bullet club feuds every time almost. I'm like, God, make it stop. Um, um well, Part what, of me what? would have loved Shingo Finley at the Dome or many other wrestlers against Shingo at the Dome. But if this is the purpose for it, as you said, all right, let's 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 see it. Let's do it. One more thing I do want to mention about Trent Beretta is that um, he – okay, so he was a junior in New Japan, and he was the biggest junior. He was like ELP as a junior. It's like, wait a second, this isn't right, right? And when he turned – when he decided to go heavyweight, he made, his own, he made a new T-shirt. And the T-shirt was just a crude drawing of him, and it just said, Greg is big, and his real name is Greg. That <laughs> 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 was his T-shirt on New Japan T-shirt shop, and I hope that's out there somewhere. I hope somebody bought that. I didn't. But, uh, yeah, that was Lone Star Shootout. And, by the way, I just cannot help but to say, can we maybe not call shows shootout? Can we maybe not, like – you know, talk about guns as much. It maybe is a bad idea in America where, uh, you know, the leading cause of like death is getting shot by someone randomly when you're just walking around trying to live your life. So just saying, you know, especially somewhere like Texas where 
you know. But uh, that's just my opinion. I, I think that uh, New Japan is tone deaf to some of that stuff because, of course, they would be because they're not they're not thinking that way. Because you, of course, you wouldn't think that. Oh, going to the grocery store, you get murdered. You know what I mean? You wouldn't think that, but it's kind of the way it is over here sometimes. So, anyway, uh, Luke. What did you think overall of Lone Star Shootout Pew Pew? It was a show that I watched. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's enough, uh, I, I, you know, enough of that stuff. So I guess it's, is it bracketology time? Mm, let's talk about the other thing we're excited for. Yeah. All right. I don't. <laughs> I Look, just don't care about how fucking oh, about World Tag League. Last year, I promised that I wouldn't cover it at all. So you're going to get very little effort out of me for World Tag is, League. We're going to cover it pretty much in a similar way to listeners uh, slash viewers. I'm just going to say listeners is easier. Uh, we're going to do low-key notes and just have a bit more loosey-goosey, never-realmish kind of, never, never style fun with it. Mm -hmm. And don't be surprised if uh, Mr. Guy and I take any excuse possible to not watch these shows live uh, and just... They're on at 4.30 a.m. for me. I'm not um, getting up at 4.30 a.m. for fucking Tag League. It ain't happening, you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, will I watch all the shows? Oh. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, probably. Don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. It always every year we get we like oh, you know okay well let's give it a shot let's watch it and it turns out to be nothing you know so it's always nothing. You know, all right. We, we got spoiled with Junior Tag League, which puts us in a false sense of security. But here we go. Do you want me to do A Block and you do B, or we do sure. a tag team? Yeah, sure. all right. Tell me who is in A Block of World Tag, right. and then then we'll get to the bracketology. Okay, here we go. We have. Shooter Umino and Ren Rita. They're winning. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Are they? I mean, they. I mean, I want to Despi to. Oh, I can't complain. I love Catch 2 2. All right. We got Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano. And I'm like, no! That's not what we're supposed to be doing. I'm sorry. I'm opening my fantasy dream book. I wanted Ishii and Tana. I wanted him to be like, I fucking like you. And Tana Ashi's like, well, I'm trying to make this work. And Ishii's is like, I'd rather fight you. And then you got that. But I guess they're already doing that with Shooter and Ren and Suzuki and Nagata and I yeah. guess Despi and Wai. I get it. But even still, Ishii and Yano is still a fun team. Uh, next, we have, if I can give these guys the win. They're awesome. It's the Great Okan and Hanare. <clears throat> yes, please. Uh, next, we've got another team I really like, Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste. Fuck it. Let this team win. It's Alex Co uh, Alex C and Gabriel Kidd. Hell yeah. Uh, we've probably got the team that everyone's going to hate but probably give me the most fun because I'm still watching World Tag League and it is evil and, yeah, I know. Fucking Yujiro. But still, it's going to be evil. And you know Togo, you know Shooter, and probably Kanemaru yeah. are going to come out. They're going to do some fun shit. We got uh, a Bullet Club versus Bullet Club matchup, too, in that in that block. That's fun. That's right. And uh, just because uh, this gentleman hasn't finished uh, jobbing in New Japan yet, we have the team of Rio Haikiwa <laughs> and Kato Kiyomiya. And we have a, outside, a second outside of New Japan team. Uh, they're called... What are they called? I'll just do their names. Bishop, 
Bishop Kwan and Toa Leona. Uh, they're from, I think, uh, Ring of Honor. Now, they have oh, made really? some, yes, Authors of Pain or something like that. Am I getting it wrong? They got Gates Auth of Agony. It was something of Pain, <laughs> Agony, something of, like that. Authors of Pain. Remember the Authors of Pain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We wrote the book on pain. Oh, it up. They were they were so shitty. Oh, so man. it was just one of those generic like something of something that hurts. And yeah, yeah. they got Gates Agony. They're usually te uh, teaming up with Brian Cage. Uh, I said, okay. and they're mostly on the Ring of Honor shows, which I don't watch, but they do show up on AW. And yeah, they're not a bad team. Okay. Well, that's so that's a block. All right. Well. Here is B-Block, <laughs> Luke, my favorite tag team and the greatest tag team in the world is debuting, um, you know, on my list. They're not debuting in World Tag League. And that is Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, the Fisherman. And next, Luke, I was shocked. You know, Tiger, Mask, awesome. Tiger Mask was at home. He's like sitting there by the phone. He's waiting to get the call from Yuji Nagata, reuniting the Sapphire Sheriff for World Tag League. But no. It's Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki because they had their yeah. whole feud, so they're tagging together, and that's going to be a blast. So, I, I mean, it's a little better than the Sapphire Sheriff. So, uh, next, Luke, another team that's going to be fun. Hikaleo and El Fantasmo, tremendous team. And then a team I am fascinated by because I'm fascinated by the Holy Emperor is Taichi and Yuya Uemura. Uh, another team that is interesting because only one of the per people has been uh, announced, and that is Yoda Suji and z and apparently i i uh i think that um somebody spoiled it maybe and it's somebody from red pro i think but i don't know if they're going to join lij i don't we don't know so uh then from cmll we have atlantis jr and hey, Serrano jr yeah so okay. good. those guys will be good oh and then the monsters sauce and the monster lance archer and alex aim and then another kind of question mark is Bad Luck Fale and Jack Bonzo. How do you say his name? Bonza. Yeah, but how do you say it? You know, Bonza. Yeah. Okay, that's not very Aussie of you. You know, I thought it was like a Jack, Jack Bonza, mate. Yeah, thank Fucking you, Jack Bonza. Uh, so I have met Jack Bonza uh, at the two Tamashi shows. Uh, yes, he tags with Bad Luck Fale in those shows. Uh, He's a good big man. He's pretty much just think of Aussie Eric the Red. Okay. Maybe not as tall, but he's a big, big dude, ginger beard, rough as guts. Uh, and, hey, at least Tag League has given me some wrestlers that I kind of miss seeing in New Japan. Like, I haven't seen Bad Luck Farley for a while. He's not for everyone. Yeah, I like him. I like, I like, I I like, like him. Uh, I know he's never too far away. But I feel like it's been ages since we've gotten some solid, steady Monaro Suzuki on our New Japan screens. Yeah. So, hell yeah. Okay, fine. Tiger Mask can stay home, I guess. That's fine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, yeah. I mean, I don't think they needed two blocks, but... Uh, yeah, huh. well, that's just more wrestling for us to watch. And Luke also... What has been announced on this uh, tour is that two new young lions will be making their debuts and hopefully not breaking their arms uh, on some of these nights. November 20th and 21st, we have uh, Kato. Kato, I, I think it's Kato, uh, Shomakado, and then Katsuya 
Murashima. So uh, those guys will be debuting, and they look like young lions to me. Well, that's generally how it starts in New Japan, isn't it? Like, here's a new guy. We butcher their names. Then we hear it for a couple of weeks, and we're like, no. At least it's not Yuya Uemura. Oh, it took my a while. Yeah, it did. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I don't... I don't know what to say. It's, I I don't mind who wins. Could be Shooter and Ren. I mean, they could do something better, like wrestle each other. But uh, I'd love it to be Greater Khan and Hanare because I feel like they deserve to win something cool, especially. Yeah, they're not going to win. Like both of them, actually. Like Team DK. I like. Hey, I get to see some Aussie boys regularly. I'm not pooing that. Uh, you know, it, it, it's fine. It's World Tag League. At least, man. ALP and, and Hikaleo, they're going to make every single one of those matches just a weird, creative blast of fun, I think. so. Uh, it's still World Tag League, so let's calm down. I know, there. I know, but I'm just I'm looking <laughs> for the nuggets, man. I'm, I'm looking for the, the non-stank nuggets. The stank nuggets. I'm, yeah. I'm sorting through the stank nuggets just to, just to kind of get to the non-stanky ch chicken nuggets. <clears throat> Well, uh, the, the the nuggets will still have a little bit of stank on them because, like, the World Tag League nuggets are, are sticky and yeah, it's whatever. it's bad news. Whether nuggets are not good, but uh, Luke, there's another big piece of news that we did talk about earlier, and you're mad about it. Another match has been announced for Wrestle Kingdom. It's uh, the you know, tell me about it. Tell me how mad you are. Look, I'm I'm not mad, mad. <laughs> Because I'm not mad. It is a TV title match. It is York. Zack Sabre Jr. Are you mad, bro? Tanahashi. Is it going to be fucking awesome? Yeah. But you know what I saw during the preview stuff between uh, Dream Team and TMDK? Yeah, there were match portions of each match where Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi had some bouts, and it was really good. But they weren't as good as Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr., who to me are like completely odd couple. But he's the never guy. He's stretchy dude. And it's like rhyming poetry, you know. It just it works. It's like 16 times the detail. It just works. However, it's Wrestle Kingdom, and you've got to have Handsome Tanahashi on the freaking Wrestle Kingdom show, and you've got to make it a really cool match. Zack Sabre Jr., yeah. So I, I understand. It's Tanahashi. you got to give him a big match for the show. But in my fantasy dream book, though, it wasn't even going to be the, the TV title. For me, in my fantasy dream book, something happens where the dream team loses their titles and then Ishii's like, oh, Tanahashi, it's clobbering time. Fucking right. pow. Wrestle Kingdom. But, you know, that's my fantasy dream book. Yeah, that's also CM Punk's gimmick. But, um, and... He's out of wrestling. No way. That's fucking the ever-loving blue-eyed things gimmick. And he's been around since the fucking 60s. Fuck same punk. Okay. Anyway, um, well, that is a match I'm looking forward to. I think it'll be awesome, and I think it'll sell a lot more tickets than Ishii yeah, versus Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. Oh, However, I know. Um, you know, I, I get it. And, and that means, you know, maybe the Dream Team, maybe they're going to lose at some point. Luke, there's one more show we have to kind of, like, tell people about because there is um, – 
a title match coming up that's been announced, all right? And it is the Kapow King of Pro Wrestling title uh, provisional championship. And we are going to get the challenger, Taichi, going up against show the current title holder at the uh, Road to New Japan. I told you that show would be something. You know, it's, it's New Japan Road, just some random show on November 17th before World Tag League starts. So I uh, expect Tai Chi to win that match and win oh, every yeah. other match that he's in forever. So, yes, that w- we would love it. Uh, you're going to love the venue. Have you seen the venue name for this? Oh, place? Yeah. It's, it's, it's another wing. It's like Big Wing yeah. or something like that. Wing the Yamagata Big Wing. <laughs> and as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, Mr. Guy is going to love the name of that place. Yeah. Yes. We're going yes, to talk all about the wings, the hats, the bigs, all that stuff. And we'll see if people liked going there and if the toilets were nice or not and if they needed to be updated. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So let's do the, uh, the, the, the oh, wonderful finale here, which is. Wrestler, Wrestler Diary. Diary. Yeah. And we have one by one of the goats of Wrestler Diaries. It is episode 124 by Yo. Okay. <sighs> Another Yo one. Yeah. So I'm doing these in order of the backlog, but, you know, next is Naito. So, hey, here we go. Uh, but, uh, hey. I know everyone would probably rather me go, read the fucking Naito diary. Trust me. Yo's have some kind of weird goal <laughs> to them. Strap in. It's episode 124. It's called Two and Swords. There's a picture here of a coffee cup. I bet you you needed to pee while drawing it. And <laughs> a drawing of a pen and paper. <laughs> I think it just broke Andy. It's all right. Uh, that's funny. Dated October 19th, 2023. <laughs> All right, stretching here. There are many places that start with Mis- with Misashi, but to, to... oh my I'll god, again. Luke, come on! Oh my stretched. god, I'm burying the lead. All right, there are many places that start with Misashi, but today I went to Misashi Kasugi. I came here because I had something to do. This area has been heavily redeveloped in recent years, Ooh, and what about the it- toilets? <laughs> And because it is where Tokyo and Nambu lines intersect, it naturally has good transport links and is regularly ranked as one of the top places to live. Most of all, the name is extremely cool. I feel it's worth living there for that reason alone. And in fact, I was looking for a place to live in Kasogi until I settled in my current place of residence. What the fuck even what? However, in the end, I it's like, I might get a car. I might not. Now it's, yeah. I might live where the cool people do because it sounds cool. He's like, I there's a record shop that sells, you know, really, really uh, obscure, like, um, records from America, like Kid Rock or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> One of the backstage guys was listening to, ball, what the ball, what's this fresh jam? All right. However, in the end, I concluded that I wouldn't be able to walk to the dojo. And since I have no intention of owning a car on my own, <laughs> if I lived there, my life would be more troublesome than in my current environment. I was born in the 
in the ring? Michinoku Countryside and came to Tokyo with dreams and hopes of becoming a professional wrestler. So I kind of wanted to see, wanted to be a Tokyoite. I had to give up the idea of living in Masashi Kasogi, but I still have a fondness for the place. This is boring, yo. Come on. Come on, man. Talk about this. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking hell. There are uh, be pretentious about your favorite music again. Please. There are so many districts in West Tokyo that start with Masashi, and I was curious as to why. So I, is this all leading up to, hey, there's a wrestler named Masashi? He must be really cool. Or anyway. is he getting into buildings and, like, names of areas? Is he stepping on my toes here? Oh, my God. He steals other people's shit in the ring. Come on, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. can't help it. Even though it's yeah, we both he's been he's been listening to this really obscure you know American podcast where they talk about buildings. (laughs) It's us. I did some light research and found out that some areas of Tokyo and Kanagawa were considered Masashi Province in the old administrative administrative division until 150 years ago. The name Masashi in the station name is derived from there. I see. I'm fascinated. And why am I attracted to a to the character and name Masashi in the first place? I think that the name Masashi is familiar to Japanese people, and the most famous is Miyamoto Masashi, the master swordsman who famous who's famous for his battle on Ganrujima, the and the two sword style and the book of five rings. Oh. Perhaps the answer is this. It is natural for a man to admire great warriors. It makes sense that I am unconditionally attracted to the name Masashi. The unconscious will to become a strong man is reflected in living in a place that begins with Masashi. With this in mind, I was looking at jackets, coats, and other outerwear at a clothing store. Of course, I will buy the ones I like and use them as reference for my own ring ring gear. Oh, so he buys clothes from a store that he likes and then he makes it he's like oh no he he makes it himself and then goes oh this is my clothes you know it's like yeah oh he, he bought a normal denim, ja- denim jacket and then he just put denim patches on it and he's like oh yeah it's like somebody liked a wrestler and th- saw a really funny picture of the wrestler and then made their own t-shirt out of it it's like that you know what kind of psycho mm. does that I want to have something new in time for the next tour. By the way, you're talking about all the Masashis and you don't even talk about the fucking Masashi town. All right. Like, has World Tag League happened yet? I don't know. It, it is October. When was it? Uh, what? Who gives you shit? Yeah, World Tag League. Junior Tag League would have been happening now. Yeah. Or close to. Talk about after, wrestling. After shopping, I headed to a restaurant where I was meeting an acquaintance. This person was someone I hadn't seen for a while and was a rugged man who ate and drank with gusto. This time was no exception, and he enjoyed his fill. I was caught up in it and ate and drank more heavily than usual. Mm-mm. Well, at least for today, it's okay. I reasoned to myself that I'm a wrestler who eats, drinks, and trains to make up for it, and we shared a meal together. We said goodbye, and after a while, I started to feel kind of sick. Damn, I drank way too much, and my stomach hurts too. Oops. <sighs> I don't want to have diarrhea. (laughs) That's it. 
That was a fucking Yoshihashi level diary right there. Yeah, it wasn't good, yo. I mean, the the last it ended well, but that's it. You know, I was slightly interested by the history stuff, but that that was kind of cool. But it was stepping on your shit. Also, it does have a bit of that uh, yo pretentiousness in it. Like he's. Mm-hmm. He's very pretentious, and yeah. he was so pretentious that he's stealing everyone's ideas too, at the clothing store. And you know that's what he's doing in the ring too. Oh, I'm gonna take this spot, and then I'm gonna put my denim patch on it. I can't believe him. Oh my god. Well, I mean, I don't know, dude. All I know is is that our next several shows are gonna be pretty loose. And get ready, Parents. they're gonna be fun. And you're going to get to watch them, and you're going to get to listen to them, and all that stuff. And, um, yeah. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, oh, man. We made it to the end. At least it wasn't a straight-up hour and a half of the American show like we did last time. We pretty much flew through that. So that was yeah. that was kind of nice. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was good, but half of it was like – like usually a New Japan show that's really good. Like some of the matches I don't care about, but they're still good. You know what I mean? There's still like there's interesting things to talk about with them. You know, with this, it was like, eh. oh, like at least House of Torture is getting smart enough now that even if they have to fight Chaos again, they'll do some different spots this time or something. Yeah, but, like at I least- might just say I'm not taking notes for this. Oh, but they did at least one spot that's different. All right, I'll mention that. Yeah, freshen well, things up, but. Yeah, fucking yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, Mister Guy. In case there is uh, anything that you'd like to add, <laughs> in, ga- in Gato, we trust. <laughs>